0: Hi folks, um, as you know, No Fibs has been pretty interested in Bradfield, Voices for Bradfield doing it the Imdai way, um, completely unwinnable North Shore seed in the top 10. Um, last time we, we spoke, I spoke to Nicolette Buller, the candidate, and Rob Mills, her campaign manager, was June the 19th when everyone was completely over over the moon that you got the biggest swing in the country and Bradfield, of all places, is a, is a marginal seat. And I went to your big debrief. I think it was at the Linfield Bowling Club on the 19th of June and Nicolette suddenly announced that Voices for Bradfield had endorsed her as the candidate at the next election and um, <laughs> she was getting her head around it and said yes. So huge experiment, never been... Done before by a voices group or by by a candidate, Nick, what was your response? What went through your head and and why did you say yes?
1: Mm. To be honest, when I was up on that stage telling people uh, who you know, the, the faithful six hundred that I had been endorsed by voices of Bradfield for the two thousand twenty five election or perhaps a by election whichever happens sooner. I don't think that my head and my mouth were at that moment connected still. I took a very deep breath and went with the vibe, which was, I think, happening right across the nation in places where community independence had run, which is we had just tasted what was possible when you put people at the centre of a better way of doing democracy. And I was, I'm signed up to that. And so it was a very um there was a big breath that preceded it and when I told the group that I was going to run um it was burn the burn the boats and walk through that door there was a great investment made to get us to where we did on um end of May this year and um with a longer runway let's see what we can do and Rob you you
0: were a founder of Voices for Bradfield and when Mm -hmm. I I know it took you a long time to find a candidate because no one thought it was even in the ballpark did they Everyone thought McKellar was too much to win, so you went across and became Nick's campaign manager. And from what I gather, you're you, you're still a team, and both you and Nick are balancing um, work, family, and this vocation. I guess. What made you decide that you'd go again and and not pull up stumps?
2: Um. Well, I wanted to lose the weight again that I lost <laughs> during the campaign, Margaret. Um, no, no uh, Yes, yes. The election was about uh, emissions policy and and the Liberals just failing to look to the future, really, really for the, for the country. But at root, for me, it was I like a lot of people that i met in, in the uh, in the independence movement. Fundamentally, believe the two party system is not just broken; it's actually damaging the country. Um, and that being the case, you need people of quality from outside the two-party system to get in the system and fix it, and Nick is one of those people, and I'm very happy to support her doing that.
0: So it's never been done before that a, a voices group has endorsed a candidate at the the start of a new government. I remember on the night tweeting, Oh, Nick's the, the shadow the shadow MP for, for Bradfield, which was a bit of a throwaway line, but the next thing I see on Twitter that you 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 you've got a an auction of volunteers weekenders so that you can set up an office and uh <clears throat> okay. This is <laughs> this is happening. So um is is shadow MP the right word, Nick, how would you describe how you're going to play this in the next next couple of years. What's, what's, what's the vision? Um, and then we'll talk about some of the practicalities.
1: Yeah, it, um, you're right. Shadow MP is probably um, a little out there. I'm, run, I'm running with Shadow representative and intentionally so. Um, I'm not the elected member for the uh, federal electorate of Bradfield. That wasn't me this time. But um, what I do know is that the incumbent, our MP, really does put the party first. So the politics and the democracy that I want to be part of is putting the people first. Um, And so using the word representative, I think, is a key thing. I think what it says is I'm not going away. I want to do politics differently. And it's not just about turning up and voting on polling day. This is about... A whole different way of listening to community through things like um, the Bradfield's Issues Group that I took as a campaign to campaign last time as part of my platform, even possibly citizens' juries on key issues. I want to really play with different ways of being in a safe place using respectful language and having conversations about the issues that matter to the people in Bradfield and take those views with me to a forum where we can have our voices amplified, to our existing member, to our duty senators um, here in New South Wales, into the parliament, um, in any other places such as on um, social media. So I think that's the, the vibe of what this looks like. Um, but truly, we're only at the beginning of this process, and part of that, what this looks like is going to be a crowdsourced, um, idea fest about what do you want to see as the way that we do democracy differently? Yeah. Oh God, that sounds exciting. So, um, your office, where's
0: your office? How did you come to get it, and how are you staffing it?
1: Yeah. So we're actually um, we're very lucky in the downturn of um, <clears throat> the fallout of COVID to have uh, quite a bit of good real estate available. In the electorate along the Pacific Highway. We have a fantastic artery up the middle of the electorate, ex- excluding one key suburb probably or two, um, Castle Cove and St. Ives. The rest of the electorate's on the train line and on the Pacific Highway. So we have a modest former hair studio, um, which unfortunately went out of business, that we took on. We've got a big, big piece photo of my head up there. We just kept it from the last election. Um, it's one of the most affordable ways of having a presence. It is very modest, um, but it's a great little drop-in centre for volunteers to come and mingle and network. We've got, mm. um, you, you've met Rob. He's staying on, ho- hopefully, because we pay him so well, just joking, volunteers. <laughs> but what we have done is we've reinvested um, some of the, um, the investment that we, the reimbursement that I get back for running full parliament and um, getting the number of primary votes I've done uh, received I've reinvested that in this campaign and part of that is um, continuing to pay rent for the um, office and the billboard it provides but also um, our volunteer manager from the 2022 campaign um, is a a, a operations manager chief of staff role to keep our volunteers involved and to um, basically help organize and run the campaign so rob and i can do our other lives at the same time
0: so she'll be sort of have it have a present a presence for some hours anyway every day in the office for a drop-in and she'll sort of help coordinate because both you and you and rob have got demanding full-time jobs haven't you
1: yeah, um, I'm working part time, but um, I got a portfolio of advice that I do. Yes, I am also going to be in the office as well. Um, uh, yeah. I, I'm in there on on Tuesdays and probably now moving to Fridays since my daughter's finished her final year exams. Hooray! Um, and I'm out, at, but it's really important to get out into the community, not just expect people to walk into the office. So, night times and weekends in particular, I'm out at um, local fairs and um, meets and and. In the future, we'll be organising some of our own conversations and hosting those as well.
0: Okay, so (laughs) colour. You had a, what was it? Was it a burgundy or a sort of a deep, it was a mulberry colour. I love the colour. I was going to wear the t shirt today, actually. (laughs) I wear that t shirt often. It's my favourite, apart from Susie Holt, of course. We love uh, (laughs) you. Yeah, she loves you too. what, what what are you going to do with colour? Because colour has become uh, very important. Um, uh, there's uh, a big push for everyone to go teal. Um, I noticed that Simon said that's because it it sort of puts no information. Voters have got a sort of an idea. Um, where are you? Where are you going to? And the other thing is, I just heard that you you. The AEC has banned you having your your mulberry because it's too close to their colour or something. So, so fill me in on no, the colour no, wars no. and and where you're at at the moment.
2: Shall I do the mulberry yes, thing please. first, uh, <laughs> Nick, and then then you can address the 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 teal question? Um, so Nick had mulberry from 30 January when she launched, uh, and in, in some period after that the. The AC was already purple, but they retinted themselves um, to um, much closer to to Mulberry. Mm-hmm. So we wrote to them very early in the campaign and said, "Look, is this going to be a problem? Um, because of the decision uh, in the Gladys Lew case um, about potentially misleading mm-hmm. voters and." Um, a violation of, and I'm going to say this from memory, section 390 oh. of the Electoral Act. Anyway, that's why
1: we paid you a big bucks. Um, man, thank you.
0: Just, just to <laughs> fill yeah, probably, people just... in on this, this was probably mm. the legal scandal of the the not 2019 election. Gladys Liu in the marginal seat of Chisholm and Josh Frydenberg in in Yong had up at the at the polling booths posters in the AEC's colours. Um, in in chinese saying you um, you uh it, vote liberal so the idea being that um that it was admitted on the stand actually the idea being that um Chinese voters with um chi- uh, Chinese as their their first language would would think that that was that was what they did at the polling booth is to vote liberal and that was found to be uh illegal. So, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but a lot of people yeah, have no, sort that's, of <laughs> that, that's all right. forgotten all that.
2: So, so we thought it was a potential issue. And so, we wrote to the AEC and said, these are our colours. We chose them before you uh, did your retinting. These are the hex codes. We were just completely open with them. Um, and they discussed it, in, obviously discussed it internally. And then, eventually, we got a memo back from them saying, look, basically, we'd rather you didn't use those colours around the polling booths. Right. Um, and we said fine.
0: Well, you didn't. You didn't so, wear your t-shirts. Uh, you changed the change the colour of the t-shirt, or
2: we changed the colours of the t-shirt, particularly for polling day and for pre-polling. What colour? So that there could be. It was the dove, wasn't it, was Nick? It? Or the pistachio? The white
1: white t-shirt. <laughs> white yep. t-shirt with um, still some mulberry writing, but not mulberry with white, and nowhere near polling booth. Like it was, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, under no circumstances could we be accused of of misleading, and indeed, we didn't have any allegations yeah. of of, mm. of that.
1: But it has raised over to you. Yeah, it has raised mm. the. I mean, we now need to. As um, it's probably it's worth saying that there are probably two stages to what we're doing. What we're doing now, leading up to when the election is called, is we want to run um a, a social experiment with democracy, knowing yes. that it can be better. So we're not in campaign mode we're not slinging mud anywhere we're stepping up and doing what we want to do and try and create better so that if and and you know, when elected we we can do these things better um for the people of bradfield so we have two things going on here one what does it mean to be a shadow representative on for this period maybe two years or so before we start campaigning like everybody else in an election And, yes, how do we solve the the look and feel, given that we are no longer really allowed to use mulberry? So we've been in discussion about this. Um, And uh, yesterday I might have been talking to a learned colleague um, who suggested that I might crowdsource the idea of of colours and shades with the people of Bradfield. I love it. Um, So, yes, I think we're going to go out. (laughs) And but you're going to ask,
0: you're going to ask, ask, your community what is the colour of Bradfield?
1: Well, we're going to give them some options, and we'll get them to vote on that. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I've got an idea. I've got five colours. I've chosen four, but the fifth one's up for grabs. So um, that's what we're going to do. And I mean, why not? Let's do it differently. How do people identify? I know I love living on Sydney's North Shore for the the trees, but they're not always green. Sometimes they're silver in the In the rain other times the is flowering and they're they're orange and red and so let's just have a look what's what do the people of bradfield think is their color what are you doing
0: with your website with your presentation have you got a new website have you got a new photo have you got a new feel how are you you know how are you arranging the basics um to get get this off the ground
1: We are in the process of doing all of those things, yes. um, We're out of the last campaign and we're moving into the role of the shadow representative for Bradfield. So we are keeping a lot of the similar elements, but it's a new phase. We're doing different things. So I'm still Nicolette Buller, (laughs) but I won't be Mulberry. Um, I'm not over-representing to... I, I can't walk into Parliament House and vote on bills. That's not my role or my remit. Um all my powers, but um, it is absolutely in my remit to engage with people in the electorate, find out what matters to them and make representations, letter writing, and other such things. so um, the look and feel on the website, some of the forms, how we're going to use social media for for um, online polls, for example, right through to um, possibly some letterbox drops, all of those things will have a slightly updated look and feel to represent the new phase but still pretty much in keeping on with you know the authenticity of who i am <laughs> so climate
0: 200 um are you would you like to get some backing to 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 keep the funding uh rolling you along until the election or have you got plans for a sort of a a rolling fundraising thing to to see you through
1: um, yeah, it's uh, the the person who was elected to the role of um, Member of Parliament for Bradfield does get a, a budget to spend on all these things like engaging with the electorate. We don't. So fundraising from um, the community and other private um, people who want to back our mission is absolutely on the cards. Um, as you've mentioned, Margot, we did a fundraiser recently where some of our um, very generous community donated some of their um, families holiday houses um, one of them even their neighbor's holiday house and um, (laughs) and on a silent auction and and raise some funds to cover some of those costs and we will do more fundraising um, yeah between now and the next when we go to the polls next Uh, that's unfortunately in the absence of any other income streams that's how we have to raise money to keep going so Rob, you were
0: Bradfield was different from most of the um, the other inner city progressive candidates in, in that you, you didn't get much money from from Climate Two Hundred. I think you got a hundred grand in a four hundred grand budget. A hundred
2: grand of about three, out of three hundred and fifty. So three hundred and fifty. We, we raised a quarter of a million, and they gave us a hundred
0: and you didn't accept all their social media, you know, we'll help you with this, we'll put that person in. You decided to do it as a a, a, a Bradfield local capacity building thing. Yeah. Um, have you got any regrets on that? And will you make any changes or do you think you've got the right, the right structure and the right philosophy uh, to win Bradfield um, already?
2: we uh, we learned a lot of it. we learned a lot of lessons uh, from the campaign and we reinforced we had those reinforced we did a survey of the volunteers afterwards um, I'm not going to say publicly what the lessons were because I'm not going to flag our, our punches but we have learned some some lessons um, and we will be organizing differently um, do I have any regrets no not really given that the constraints that were forced upon us by time, and I'm very grateful that Mr Morrison pushed the election out as late as he did.
0: Oh God! Gotcha. Um,
2: uh, no, I don't have I don't have any particular re- regrets that I'm certainly going to canvas out loud now. <laughs> um, so we're just we're just learning this whole one of the benefits of this approach that we're doing this experimental approach that that Nick is adopting is we're not only skilling up Nick as to to what The role of a representative is potentially but we're also skilling up the volunteers and and a a shout out to to Jackie if she's listening on this on this podcast she's one of our volunteers is very much of the view that if we can skill up some people to work in the potential eventually elected members office and we can do that now why wouldn't we do that why why wouldn't we help these people develop skills and expertise that they can use once Nick is elected
0: so one of the Disadvantages, I think, of the, you know, here I am. I'm endorsed. I'm the um, the shadow representative. Is that you, you? could be asked on every controversial issue to what is your view and why is it different from Paul Fletcher's, um, etc. Which allows it easier easier for for your opponents to try and wedge and you know polarize, um, and also tricky in that um you're a community shadow representative um so you need to find out what people think and discuss it etc how how are you going to approach this this potential problem
1: i think it's a great opportunity Uh, when we get asked for pieces this is this is exactly it isn't it so uh, the way i see my role is giving voice to our community so I'm going to go to the community for their perspectives on things when they are not obviously on my platform. Um, and uh, it's really, for me, it's about holding the government to account. Um, I'm, You know, like we I ran on integrity. Yay. We look like we're getting a national anti-corruption commission. Yep. But there are aspects of that which still don't tick the box that are going to build some of that public trust that I know that people who did put me one on the ballot paper were looking for. Same with climate change, Margot. Um, Yay, 43% emission reductions targets by 2030. But, you know, the next week, Catherine King was, um, you know, raising the flag and saying, yeah, yeah, yay, we're backing new offshore oil and gas drilling, you know. So this is not an anti-member thing. This is basically let's do, let's be engaged citizens who can, it is okay to talk about the issues that matter I'm going to be creating a safe space for this to happen. If people like media want to know what our um, views are on certain issues, and it's not already part of my platform, the the very next thing I do is create a process that enables me to elicit the views of the of the, pe- the community, so that I can take that and make a representation back to the media. And that's pretty much what it's about. <laughs>
0: I just had a thought. I mean, there's been so much done over the years. Do you remember when deliberative democracy was a fashionable thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so much academic research. Is is it worthwhile sort of getting a, a uni or a, someone who's an expert in it to, to play around with it and, as you say, just have this whole series of experiments about what
1: works for people, how, how they, they want to be engaged? I'm going to let Rob talk about our relationships with some of our democracy champions, but yeah, I um back last century, I did some work with the Institute for Sustainable Futures, which is part of the University of Technology Sydney, and very early days. But um, interested in some of the work that they do on citizen juries and participatory democracy. But yeah, Rob, do you want to talk about uh, democracy?
2: I'll, I'll, a... Yes, I'll, I'll do it as a matter of principle rather than detail. So we we've been. In dialogue for a while, and and hopefully dialogue with some new partners as as well, who are concerned about the state of democracy in Australia, which is something I I touched upon up up at the opening, Uh, and I won't name them now because they might not want to be named, not because they're being surreptitious, but because we haven't come to final agreements yet. But we're approaching them and saying, we are seriously. We are very seriously trying to do something here in, in Bradfield. We have a volunteer base. We have a bunch of people who are committed to changing things. If you want to use Bradfield as a sandbox, mm. let's do that. Let's let's do that. And, and, you know, we might try five ideas and three of them don't work. And that's fine. That's mm. absolutely fine. Um, so it, it could be, let's trial some new ways of doing surveys. Let's trial door knocking in a way that hasn't been done before. Um, could be... A whole range of things. We are open to, to many ideas.
0: So I've gathered from Twitter that Paul Fletcher, and he's not the only one, it's happening all over Australia with, with Liberal MPs um, and LNP, all of a sudden there's they, sort of these listening posts and, and <laughs> let's work together and all that sort. H- how has he changed since he got the fright of his life on election day?
1: Rob, you can have I'd better go line. for Rob because yeah. you, you, you follow him
0: very closely, don't you, Rob?
2: <laughs> not anymore. I've been blocked. <laughs>
0: um, no, have you been blocked as well?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, he, to be fair, this is not about the incumbent member. It really is a fundamental issue about how do we want to be represented. And sure. and many of us do not want to be represented by a party and in particular by that party. Um so, but but what the incumbent is now doing is he is very ostentatiously um, promoting opportunities where he people can meet him uh, in the electorate, and that is his job. That is a very good thing uh, that he is he is doing that. Um, so, certainly not complaining about that. That that's imitation that's what is is always
0: the done. greatest form of flattery, isn't it? I mean, it, <laughs> it you know if, if the independence movement's done nothing else, it's 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 said to 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 politicians, um, you really should go out and listen to your electorate occasionally. And maybe keep them informed (laughs) now and then about how you're
1: voting and why, you know?
2: It's not rocket science. It's not rocket
1: science. No, but I would, I I just caution, and this is not just about the incumbent in um, Bradfield, I've seen it elsewhere as well, that I'm I'm, I'm, back, Rob, is fantastic to see more engagement what I still don't see, though, is the expression of the voice of the people through the way that um, decisions are being made in Parliament and, in this case, the Liberal National Party, including the member for Bradfield voting against, for example, the climate bill. That yeah. you know We've got members of the Liberal Party like um, Bridget Archer who did cross the floor on that, but the member of Bradfield did not. So, in the, And I know... From the yeah, that's because that he's on the front point. bench, though. <laughs> yes, well, it's this because he's on the front bench. It's he, always
0: about personal interest, really, so for most of them, isn't
1: it? it? It might be, Margaret, but that's still my point. Is he? He yeah. may be. He may be listening, but he's not turning that into action on behalf of yeah. the people of Bradfield. Yeah. So
0: one of the things, like, if you think back about it, there hasn't really been a voices group where the candidates lost. What next? And I've noticed that a lot of voices groups going, oh, (laughs) um, what do we do now? Now, the decision that Voices for Bradfield has made, it sort of locks them out, I think, from that broad community thing, you know, reaching out, listening. And it seems to be playing out on Twitter where your supporters will ask him questions on Twitter and he'll just block them and then I, I i retweeted something from voices for bradfield just noting that this was happening and he blocked voices for bradfield so it's clear that you're in a position where he sees you as the enemy not bringing community views to him so that that's your downside really i guess of the the endorsement process so h- how is it working like h- how can you have voices for bradfield volunteers and Nick, for Bradfield volunteers separate. How is, how conceptually, how, how is, it, it, is, is it working at the moment and how how might it work in the future?
1: The stony silence. Do you want to do that, Nick? No, or do you want no, me that's, to? that's, you go first, Rob.
2: Um, so, uh, as you've touched on, Margot, I, I was there at the beginning when Voices of Bradfield formed. So, their constitution was to support and independent in the 2022 election. Yeah, That's been done. So the new executive that has come in, and I'm not on the executive of Voices of Bradfield any longer, but the new executive that has come in has quite rightly said, okay, well we need to relook at our purpose, mm. all purposes. Um, and they are in the process of doing that, and they've had some discussion with, with Nick on that, and... and uh, they have had also their own internal referrals. Now, they are, I understand it, continuing to support Nick, but they are also thinking about widening their remit and potentially doing some education in the electorate or campaigning on other issues, whatever their membership base wants them to do. That's that's entirely appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't answer for them other than to say that, that Nick personally and I personally still have a very good relationship w- with them and, and it is based on mutual respect.
0: Yeah, of course, but it 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 their early endorsement does limit their capacity to do more kitchen tables and say, and, and you know, a lot of them say, oh well, you know, we, all we want is to have good relations, like Voices for McKellar, with our local member and bring the community's concerns to them. That 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 is now ruled out for Voices for Bradfield. I would have thought. And in consequence, again, this is just my weird thinking. Um, really, it's it's Nick's campaign, Nick's group that is is going to do the kitchen tables. That that as a is that right,
1: mm. or is part
0: of the experiment that no one's quite sure yet how it's gonna how
1: it's gonna work. I think that's probably a closer to the truth answer. We're still working this through, and we're we're doing a journal about these machinations that happen daily because it is messy as hell. And um, there are big, hairy questions around integrity at every step and everything's a trade-off. And um, I can see why sometimes the party system would happen because it is really hard to be an independent. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) But it doesn't mean it can't be done just because it's hard. So um, it's about being really honest about those things, and and they're real things, Margot. Yes, the early endorsement did hold a little bit of that independence possibly or the perception of that independence, even though we are strictly separate entities um, operating. Um, On the other hand, would I have said yes to stand again if I didn't have an early backing of the community to keep going? I don't think so. This only reason yeah. I stood up and did my role is because we're doing this together. Um, and I'm, you know, I don't sit around at night and go, "Geez, I want to be a politician. I'm going to run for state government because I might get elected." This is really about this play of of what we created on the lead up to this last federal election and what what we started in getting that job done better and improving the improving the chances of being. Elected this time, and then see what we can roll out in terms of democ- a better democracy once elected. So, yeah, it, it is hard, Margot. It isn't tidy, um, but I'm, I'm not scared of messy. I, I just we just disclose no. all the way the the problems we have, the challenges, and and, and we talk those through. It, it's fun. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, and, and uh, if I can build sure. on that a little bit, Margot, and and maybe take you up and challenge you a little bit on on what you were saying before about about the incumbent how dare you rob <laughs> one of the pro, one of the problems maybe symptoms of the two party system is yep. that it gets really tribal and, yep. and 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 people default to us and them but i want it should be very clear that nick is a competitor against the incumbent she's not his enemy yeah right we, we don't have enemies we have competitors um so it's not necessarily the case that uh, voices of Bradfield wouldn't be doing uh, out, out listening to the electorate and automatically funnelling that information to Nick. They can do what they like with it. Um, they might even decide to engage with, with the incumbent. That's, that's But how, how can
0: they if he's blocked them? <laughs> well, that's well, I, I found that issue, very interesting, theirs. the block. <laughs> I, I think that whole series of blocks is about another possible disadvantage of what you've done is you've given him early warning. That, that you're the competition. Oh, I think
2: next he knew time. we were here. I think he knew we were here. No, no, go.
0: no. About next time. And like, oh, it's, okay. it's, yeah, he, it's it's set there now. You know, is, you and know. he'll be watching you. You know, I I know from Groom. You know, Garth Hamilton. He bloody he, he's bloody looked up the identities of every single person in every single photo of Susie's. Mm. Uh, you know, like it's once that that's going to be an interesting uh, thing for you to to deal with. I think that um
1: yeah in a way you could look at it as a 3-year election campaign well just i had a criticism when i had uh, i said i'm going to be disclosing the donations of anybody who gives us $1500 or more um, during the election campaign in the same way it might be naive but i am i'm not going to be campaigning at all costs to win the what I want want to offer is doing this better doing it differently and doing yep. it with integrity and so I'm not about you get one version of me and if someone asks me on the street are oh, you going to run again I don't want to play the games of no you know oh, never say never <laughs> you know it's not me am I going to run again mm. okay let's let's put this am I do I have support of the community yes yes you know and we'll work it out along the way so Yes, we might be on a strategic disadvantage. On the other hand, I'm just, you know, heart's on the sleeve. Here we go. And
0: and what about the, the your volunteers, Rob? I, I was just blown away at that Linfield Footy Club party. It was just an incredible vibe. And also, all ages, it, it just had something special. Are, are people enthusiastic? Would they like to take a break? Have you got a smaller group? How, how is the you know, your overall volunteer group responding um, to this? And and what what do they want to see happen?
2: Uh, well, we don't have the full 600, as you would expect now. Yeah. Uh, and we have some who have said, really glad, Nick, that you're running again. Call me, make sure you call me and I will be a team leader again when you run again. But until then, sure. I want to devote myself to yeah. wildlife rescue or whatever or refugees or whatever, and that's fine, you know. we." Yeah. And, that's, and we've got a small group of people who say, we really like the representative office, the shadow representative office idea. We want to help you set that up. And that's, that's what they're doing. That's great. Um, and we've got others who say, we just want to be involved, but we don't know how yet. And we yep. say, good, we don't know how yet either. Um, yep. So, but let's work on it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I can imagine sort of retired people willing to spend, you know, two hours a week in the office. You know, you could, there's there's a lot, I mean, there's lots to do, isn't there? Oh, um, yeah. As, as far as reaching out, I mean, I just love that thing that some people did about volunteers would host little parties or afternoon teas in their home and the, the candidate would come, up, come out and, you know, come to them and there, there's a lot of it's quite exciting if if the the volunteer base has the power if it really is bottom up if if it's actually real not a not a not a a selling point you know And, and that's what that's what you guys have done i'm sure because you you just didn't have all that that cash and interest that that the the other players did and yet you did it yourselves, and you you got the biggest swing in the country in an extremely conservative seat. So that bottom up, I, I see Bradfield as an example of how actually making that real can be, and actually is the secret sauce. It is the magic sauce that that um, can, can make it make it happen.
1: I think time will tell, Margot. <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I have another honestly idea. Think- yeah. Go Sorry. I no, was no, going to say, Mago, I
2: don't, I don't see any other way of doing it. Given a person like Nick, I yeah. don't see any, any other way of doing it. And I want to see a person like Nick in Parliament. So, yeah.
0: so this is just a stupid idea. I just thought of, but – wouldn't it be – what about um, asking people in the electorate to design your T-shirt for you? Like to get that – to start to get a sort of artist in, involved. Oh, yeah. um, and, and and creatives
1: yeah. You Ma- know like Margo, have you signed up to the campaign team because that's great <laughs> <laughs> I love it and um oh, I don't know I I have a, a, a deep association and connection with um the arts and I married a someone from the arts as well so I'm a big fan of it Fabulous. and I, I love that idea I the the role of storytelling and, and creative expression in community as part of who we are and our stories and stuff is so important. And, and um, I love that idea, Margot. I'm, again, I'm writing it down right now. Here we go. <laughs> the,
0: the other thing that a couple of groups have done, and, and I know Kathy McGowan goes on and on about this, is you've got to get young people involved. And I, I, as I recall, North Sydney Independent had a bit of a go at a, nor sydney young people or something is there did, did you have any issues with getting the young involved and is there any thought about how you can almost give them autonomy to to go for it and, and reach that that audience that normally just can't be
1: reached we did have some challenges with a several groups in the community in fact because we ran a really very short campaign of just 16 weeks yeah. Um, yeah. And it's really who turned up. Um, we have some new ideas about how we, but based on the feedback that we did, a survey after the campaign on things we wanted to do more of and creating spaces for the youth to be involved is really important. We do mm. some politics in the pub now. With, there's some, and some Bradfield issues groups around youth issues and even some of the, uh, I did a, um, a presentation or a debate, a candidate debate it was at one of our our um, Jewish school at Masada and I was approached by three different groups afterwards, um, Year 11 and Year 12 students who wanted to know how they could be involved around climate justice mm. issues from a Jewish perspective. Mm. And I was like, wow, I wonder how many other youth groups are out there, <laughs> you know, with their faith-based perspective on that and that would be a really interesting conversation. So um, there's a lot of work to be done on that still, um, but I want to do it. In a way that is not just um, how you know partisan. I want to do it in an educative way too about your vote matters and this is what it looks like to be an engaged member of our democracy in where you live. And I think young people don't get that education when they're in high school. They don't understand the power of that vote and how to use it well um, when they turn up at the polls and in the spaces in between. So that's a big thing I'd like to get done. I also think it might be a, a role for voices of Bradfield if you take the politics out and just look at the process part. So yes, yes, that's just, yeah, how do we prepare our young people to be good, you know, effective citizens making decisions on behalf of themselves and their futures?
2: Yeah. I think one of the lessons that we learned, because it was hard to crack into that, that younger demographic, uh, was that... They had switched off, largely. And, uh, yeah, and I don't know yeah. whether this is true in other electorates, but in our electorate, they had switched off because it's always been Liberal and it's been Liberal since their grandparents were here. And the Liberals weren't listening, so why bother? Just why bother? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, hopefully, we have now shown that there is a reason to bother uh, and, and there is a reason to get involved. There is an avenue for your concerns that, that will be listened to.
0: So... My final question is this. You come out of the blue, you're unknown in the electorate, you get the biggest swing in the country and Bradfield, of all seats, is now marginal. Has there been a response in the community in terms of you being invited to functions, being invited to sports functions or um, disability or business or, or whatever? Has the Bradfield opened up to the extent where you've been let in and welcomed into
1: the 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 life of the of the seat what a great question um i can say that that has happened for me in a broader national space i've been invited by the chartered accountants by the financial planners by um, people in the smart (laughs) energy industry so people on that in those spaces are really interested to know. Oh my gosh, how different is it doing business with clients that live in these places that voted independent? How does what does that mean about um, my service as a, as a financial planner, for example? Um, can I start offering products and services that are climate positive because it looks like the moods ah, changed? Yes. Like it's just sort of so. The, so, probably the answer to the question is that the intersection between me as a candidate and me as a clean energy and climate professional is probably still playing out very much in the professional um, and national space where I've been.
0: So, very exciting in your work life, that's for sure. It
1: is really exciting. And I love the bravery that some of these very traditional organisations are taking to look more broadly at issues rather than mm. politics and, and mm. talk about this last mm. federal election. Um, but um, I would say, uh, that probably no not as much as I would like to yet that the um, the local let's just remember it has been a liberal stronghold for seventy plus years since it was created mm. as an electorate, and let's say that there are some lot number of people that love to have coffees and talk that come from some of these organizations to, to debrief and and say well done and everything else, but publicly there's still a lot of shyness around. The association with someone who's not the re-elected MP. So, and
2: to be fair though, to be fair though, Margot, post-election, Nick, in fact, we both needed time to recover. Uh, Nick needed some time to find some work. Um, her daughter's been doing HSC, so letting the community know that Nick had decided to be the shadow rep was not our top priority. We've also got a state election coming up, so.
0: Would well, you better there decide a- on your website and your colour first yeah, before you announce? Yeah,
2: so, <laughs> there's, there's things like that. That's just housekeeping yeah. you got to do, you know. So yeah. there, there is there is still time, un- unless the incumbent decides to to call a by-election very quickly. Um, we have ample opportunity uh, uh, to to mm. to for, for Nick to re-engage with the community. Should they be interested? Oh,
0: I'm yeah. Wondering. I mean, <laughs> I guess some organisations say, "Look, if we invite her along to our." You know, our AGM or our our fundraising function, or whatever. Maybe Paul won't like us and won't. You know, you can see there's those sort of issues. So it's a, it's still a, it's still a process, isn't it, for 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 you to be seen as genuinely as 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 the alternative. And and that's going to be really interesting how that how that plays out.
1: Yeah, and I've got to be respectful as well about members of the community who um, are making those invitations to people and how it. I don't want people to feel uncomfortable or awkward about those things. So it's on their terms that this happens, not Mm. on my terms. Yeah.
0: Well, it's incredibly exciting. And um, I'd I'd like, if it's okay for you, to sort of follow it through anytime you want to write or or, 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 or talk to me um, on the podcast, because it's really important for this movement to, 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 to work out what's a good way of, of of keeping it up after you've backed a candidate or, you know, not endorsed in the cases of some. And it's actually be, it turned out to be much easier for, for a group like Voices for McKellar, which just went non-partisan, non-partisan, and then they had another group that se- selected the candidate, etc. Very Sydney way. You're doing it more the Indi way. But the, the problem with the Indi way is they got their candidate up first. So you... To me, Bradfield is now the pioneer about what happens when you don't quite get up but you do really well. So I'm just um, really thrilled um, at, at what you're doing. And um, any time – I know Fibs is yours to sort of explore this um, and, and let other people know what works, what doesn't work, um, and so on. So, so good luck. What, and, and also, like, what, what fun – I'll never forget um, (laughs) having you both on just before the election and honestly, it was like Susie Holt and and Kate Chaney, you know, I thought you'd look like death from all the work, but you all look shining like you had some, have had some incredibly wonderful life-affirming experience. You go, oh yeah, like politics is fun. (laughs) How cool is that? It is pretty cool, isn't it?
1: (laughs) It is. Thank thank you very much. Sorry, No, I was going to say there's more fun to come, Margot, and thanks for joining us on the ride.
0: Yeah. yeah, well keep keep me keep me in the loop. I'm um, I'm thanks, really excited, Margo. really excited for both of you, and for Bradfield. What is the <laughs> color <you>. of Bradfield? <laughs> well, what is it? And what is tuned. Bradfield's bird? And what is Bradfield's <laughs> tree? And what is you know what what what, what is something that um. Everyone in Bradfield can relate to it. Doesn't matter about your politics, because that's the secret in the end of the of the Independence Day movement, isn't it? Like to, to join a community together, and they didn't even know they were a community till they, you know, till Bradfield became something to think about. Um, yeah, it's it, it's to
2: centre on ideas and not partisanship. Yeah, you know, to to aspirational ideas. And look, if you're going to
0: go blue, please don't go teal. Please go Bradfield blue. (laughs) Well,
1: thank you for your input, Margot, but I'm going to take notice (laughs) to my primary constituents, which is the people at Bradfield. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Thanks a lot, guys. Good luck.
1: Thanks, guys.
2: Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed this Nuclips podcast. Until next
0: time, goodbye.
1: yeah no that's, that's, that's
2: alright so so we thought it was a potential issue and so we wrote to the AEC and said these are our colours we chose them before you uh, did your retinting these are the hex codes we were just completely open with them um, and they discussed it in, obviously discussed it internally and then eventually we got a memo back from them saying look basically we'd rather you didn't use those colours around the polling booths um, and we said fine So uh, we changed the colours of the T-shirt, particularly for polling day and for pre-polling, so that there could be, it was the dove, wasn't it, Nick, or the pistachio?